Kia ora koutou everyone, I'm Jess and I'm here to explain how King Charles III might be a different monarch to his mother Queen Elizabeth and to do that I'm joined by a royal commentator of over four decades, Phil Dampier. Thank you so much for joining us Phil. Now to talk about impossible shoes to fill, his mum was probably one of the most beloved monarchs of all time, whereas Charles comes to this role with a lot more baggage and people don't feel that same warmth towards him. So how does he start to turn that around? Yeah, hi Jess. Well, as you say, it is an impossible act to follow 70 years on the throne. It's going to be very difficult for Charles to top that. Uh, I don't see him getting to a silver jubilee. He's 73, he's 74 in a couple of months' time. It's uh, an age when most of us will be putting our feet up. He's taking on one of the top jobs, but he has had almost his, his whole life to prepare for it. So, as you say, I think he's going to be different, obviously, but uh, he's going to do some things the same. And he has made it clear that um, he will no longer be able to speak out on some of the issues that he did as the Prince of Wales. Uh, For example, the environment, climate change, anything political. He just can't go there because that just doesn't, uh, isn't in keeping with his role. And he's acknowledged that. So he's going to probably find it a little bit frustrating. And I think he's going to rely on on his son, William, the new Prince of Wales, Uh, to possibly highlight some of these issues that he can no longer do. Uh, But it remains to be seen, you know, whether he manages to keep keep quiet about these things and whether he he does sort of slowly start to speak out about things that he cares about. Uh, But I think at the moment he's made a tremendous start uh, and people are rallying around him. They want want him to succeed, mainly because they've got such goodwill towards the Queen and they want him to do well. And a lot of people have had doubts about Charles over the years. They've seen, I think, um, that he's stamped his authority on the role. Uh, he looks confident, and apart from a couple of little tetchy incidents involving pens, um, he seems to be doing well. Ah, oh, the pen moment. If you were a new king who's trying to win people over and prove his critics wrong, that is a piece of footage you really did not need to go viral. Have a listen for yourself. This is King Charles when he was signing a document in Northern Ireland with evidently a very leaky pen. Oh, God, I hate this. Oh, it's going That wasn't the only whoopsie. He was also caught gesturing agitatedly at his aides to clear the table when he'd just signed something else. Here's Phil's take on whether this is a sign of a man under pressure and dealing with grief or a hint at the new king's real personality. He has got a bit of a temper on him. He always has done. Um, but I think he was probably just getting a bit So I think, to be honest, these incidents have been blown up out of all proportion. Certainly, I wouldn't like to be the keeper of the pens, uh, if there is such a job. Uh, first of all, he was told to take the pens away, and then he blamed for the leaky pen, and uh, he didn't like that at all. But um, he, he can lose his temper, and uh, I think he was probably just at the second incident. He was probably just getting a little bit tired, a little bit tetchy. And it's hardly surprising, he's, he's been absolutely relentless, the schedule, up and down the country, meeting people, performing his duties, being sworn in for this, that and the other. And uh, it's hardly surprising he got a bit tired, but uh, I think it's uh, been slightly exaggerated on everything on social media tends to be exaggerated these days, doesn't it? And um, so uh, whether he's going to use a biro in future, I'm not sure, but um, certainly uh, he's going to be careful with his pens. Murmurings about republicanism could also be putting some pressure on Charles. Antigua and Barbuda is one country that said they'll hold a referendum on whether to continue ties with the monarchy in the wake of the Queen's death. The country's Prime Minister told ITV News that he plans to hold a referendum on becoming a republic. This is not an act of hostility or any difference between Antigua and Barbuda and the monarchy, but it is the final step, as I said before, 
to complete um, that circle of independence um, to ensure that we are truly a sovereign uh, nation. What sort of time frame would you think on a referendum then? So I'd say within the next um, probably three years. And because of that, Phil says there'll be a real sense of urgency for the new king to get around those countries which still have ties to the royal family. Well, that's going to be interesting now to see the overseas trips, uh, especially uh, coming to New Zealand and Australia. I'm sure um, Charles will want to do that as soon as possible. If not him, then uh, William and Kate will want to come down. And they'll want to go to all of the 14 countries of which he's still head of state as well as the UK, or send out uh, William and Kate uh, to do the job as well. So um, it's going to be fascinating to see which countries uh, decide to keep the monarchy. I noticed that Jacinda Ahern has already said that uh, even though she thinks the Republic is fairly inevitable, and I think she is a Republican herself, she, she's put off the idea of a referendum in, in, in the immediate future, uh, as has the Australian Prime Minister. They're both coming over, of course, or both on their way here to London for the funeral. So uh, interesting that they're slightly putting it off. Maybe they think at the moment there might be an upsurge in popularity and they could possibly, a referendum could be a close run thing. Does that just put intense pressure on King Charles's shoulders, the idea that now so many countries are going to take the time to really review their relationship with the monarchy and whether they want to be part of it? Now his mum's gone, all that attention is on him and people thinking, do we want to stay in this institution with this guy as the new head of state? Well, I think you're talking about two separate things. I don't think, uh, I mean, Charles has always made it clear and the Queen always made it clear that um, it's entirely a matter for the 14 countries of which she's head of state to decide what their future is. And nobody would, you know, have a problem at all with anyone uh, dumping the monarchy. I thought it was a little bit unfortunate that Barbados, an island I know very well, uh, got rid of her, um, you know, obviously before she died, without a referendum. I thought that was a bit sad. I thought they could have waited. And I'm not sure that some some older uh, Bayesians would have necessarily agreed with that. I think if you do it with a referendum, then fair enough, it's legitimate. But without one, you never know, quite know what the result would be. But separate from that, obviously, it's very important to the Queen that the Commonwealth thrive. That was one of her big things in her life that she was absolutely dedicated to. And I'm sure that uh, even if some of the 14 countries do decide to uh, change their head of state, they'll still want to remain in the Commonwealth and uh, make that a success. Absolutely. And we've heard so much about uh, Charles's vision to slim down the monarchy. What do you think the royal family as a whole think about that idea? Is is it one that's been forced upon them or one that they're happy to go along with? Well, it's a very interesting one because uh, Charles has often, often been said that Charles wants to slim down monarchy. But of course, with the events of the last couple of years, we've got to slim down monarchy anyway, almost by default. We've got Harry and Meghan who decided to leave and go and live in California, so they're not performing duties. And the Queen had a massive role for them lined up in the Commonwealth, going all over to the Commonwealth countries, but they've rejected it. And then, of course, we've got Prince Andrew, who's now out in the cold because of his uh, scandal involving Jeffrey Epstein. So we've already lost three quite uh, major players. And obviously the likes of the Duke of Kent and uh, Prince Michael of Kent retired now and uh, Princess Alexander, they're all in their late 80s, so they're retiring. So there's a hell of a lot of uh, a burden now on, on William and Kate uh, and uh, some of the other royals. We've got some of the Wessexes, obviously Sophie, I think, is quite a, quite a star of the royal family now. And there might be a role for, for Andrew's daughters being Eugenie, but we've kind of got a slim down monarchy anyway. I mean, it was incredible the, between them, the Queen and Prince Philip had 1,500 patronages, uh, whereas uh, the younger royals now, uh, William and Kate, for example, they tend to concentrate on four or five key issues and they're not taking on you know hundreds and hundreds of patronages they like to concentrate on a few issues mental health uh, children in um, in Kate's case uh, and concentrate on those and uh, that seems to be the way forward. If we just um, go back and talk about Prince Andrew for a second we saw him a little bit at the Platinum Jubilee earlier in the year and um, again now that we're in the um, period of mourning 
after this period, does he just disappear from public view again? What is Charles likely to do with his brother? I think he does disappear for the time being, I'm afraid. I think uh, he and uh, and uh, the Prince of Wales, William, I think they've made it clear to him that they, they don't see any way back for him at the moment. I know he wanted to have a way back. He was hoping he could get involved in some of the um, anniversaries this year for the 40th anniversary of the Falklands War, in which, of course, he falls and, uh, as a helicopter pilot. So it is tragic that he... Uh, he came back from that war in 1982 as a war hero, and, and now he's struggling to get permission to use his uniform. I think he's only going to wear it once, and that's for a vigil um, later today uh, at, uh, at Westminster Hall, standing with, uh, with the King and uh, with Princess Anne and uh, around the coffin. So he's going to wear his, his naval uniform for that, but not for the funeral, and he didn't wear, of course, for the procession from Buckingham Palace. So it's quite sad to see, but he, to a certain extent, I'm afraid he has brought it on himself. Uh, and uh, he's 62 now, I don't quite know what he's going to do with the rest of his life. Certainly his golf handicap will improve. Prince Andrew is, of course, not the only family drama for the new king. There's also the lingering issue of Harry and Meghan. Harry, for one, has a book in the works, which is supposed to be due out around Christmas, and Meghan's used her new Spotify podcast to lob thinly-veiled digs at the palace. So there's some big question marks there over that relationship now that the dynamics have shifted. Who knows what's going to happen? It's um, there's some uh, dispute tonight uh, over the fact that um, Lily, Bet and Archie, uh, Harry and Meghan's children, are still um, listed on the website as uh, Master and uh, Miss on the official website. They're sixth and seventh in line to the throne now. And uh, they are entitled, or they could be entitled, to be called Prince and Princess, but at the moment they're not. And it remains to be seen whether that's going to happen. So you sometimes think they want to have their cake and eat it. They don't want to do the royal duties, but they like to have the titles. So uh, it's a difficult one for, for Charles and William to, uh, to know what's going to happen until they see how they act in the next few months and whether, they, whether or not they get rid of this book. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens. And uh, if we just lastly touch on what kind of king you think Charles will be now that he's had, well, he's had you know, the best part of 50 years of the Prince of Wales to think about this role that he was going to step into. Now that it's here, what's the first thing he does or the first few things he does to stamp his mark on the monarchy? Well, he's already done that. He's already stamped his mark by going around the country and um, taking on the, uh, the, the the oaths that he's had to do and very much by stamping his personality on it. So it's almost like, it was almost like he changed overnight um, from being the supporting Prince of Wales to being the king. And you can see him sort of, you know, almost puff his chest out and, and take on this role. Um, but obviously, uh, you know, I don't think he can carry on at the pace that he's been doing in the last week. No human could. So, um, and also Camilla, it's quite a strain on her. I mean, she's 75, uh, emerged tonight, apparently she broke her toe a couple of weeks ago and she's been limping about in quite a fair bit of pain. Um, so um, she, she's uh, got to pace herself as well. She's now spring chicken. So both of them, I think, have got, have got to learn to, um, you know, do the jobs that they feel they can do properly. Um, go on the tours that they can. I mean, Camilla's not a great fan of flying, to be honest. She hates it. So uh, a long trip down to Australia and New Zealand, she's, I don't think she'll be particularly looking forward to it. They do tend to go first class, of course. Um, so, uh, you know, that's not going to be too bad. But um, I think uh, they've made a great start and there's a lot of goodwill out there for them. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll see in the coming weeks and months how they fare. But at the moment, it's looking good. Phil Dumpy, thank you so much for your time. Okay. That's it for this episode of Stuff Explained. I'm Jess McCarthy, and on behalf of executive producer Jono Williams, thank you for listening. You can find more Stuff Explained online at stuff.co.nz and get our latest episodes wherever you get your podcasts.